Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. Where are we? In the village. Talking about many happy returns. Yes, the seventh episode, as originally broadcast in the United mm-hmm. Kingdom, and thus represented in this order um, on this podcast. I think this is where this would swell. Some people think that this fits like um, later. later. What do you think? I feel like it has to be later because... For one thing, I don't really understand the point of anything that happened in this episode from the perspective of number two. Like, why? Except to just maybe put number six off his game and and just mess with his mind a little bit. But in doing so, assuming that that all of his buddies back in England were on the up and up, which it seems like they were because the... uh, the fellow loyal to number two, the milkman, had to you know knock out the actual pilot to to get into the plane. Um, now they've basically told MI six or whoever he works for, uh, like now they know about the village and they might not know exactly where it is, but they've certainly got the you know seven hundred fifty square miles worth of terrain that it's in i mean they could assume that he just stole the plane or something but i don't know i feel like there are so many open questions that anybody worth his salt in the organization back in london would spend a lot of time and resources following up on this and trying to figure out what the heck happened where did their plane go what was the deal was he telling the truth so i mean i i would like to have a better uh, I would like to think better of the intelligence agencies in London that it wouldn't take them that long to get there and suss out what's going on. So I feel like it would have to be later because there's a bunch more episodes now. There are. Um, okay, I have to, there's so much there mm-hmm. I need to cover. One, this is the as I told you, this is the first time that I noticed that I noticed the milkman. <laughs> I never paid attention that closely before. And so every time I've watched this episode, which is one of my favorites, by the way, uh, I just assumed that everyone was involved. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like in, in Chimes of Big Ben. Now they're all kind of in on it. Um, but now seeing the, the milkman take out the pilot and, and take his place and, and drop uh, number six back in the village... Um, that has changed my outlook on this episode immeasurably. But, uh, spoiler alert, the guy who plays um, the head guy's underling there, Thorpe, Thorpe mm-hmm. spoiler alert, returns as number two mm-hmm. in a later episode. Ah. And I can't but help but think that, I mean, I know, that, you know, mm-hmm. TV in general, and especially The Prisoner, has reused actors. Um, many times in different uh, parts of the series but I think that's such a notable role that I think it would be noticed Mm -hmm. if it was appearing anywhere after if that episode of Hammer into Anvil was going to appear before Many Happy Returns although I did remember seeing someone come up with the idea of that there are two seasons of The Prisoner the first one's 13 episodes the second one's four episodes uh, and Many Happy Returns actually uh is the season finale of season one Mm. where he finally gets out and actually lands back in there which i can kind of see too Hmm. yeah once again there's no good way to know i mean you're right that it wouldn't make sense to have the episode where that dude thorpe the thorpe guy was number two before this Mm -hmm. unless they're very clearly being like no it's totally somebody different we just recycled actors because britain doesn't have enough i guess um but (laughs) 
Also, uh, just because this show is so weird, sure, it could just be the same. It could be the same guy. Um, even mm-hmm. though I don't like, we'll have to wait until we get to that episode to discover whether number six gives any hint of recognition. Um, so I suppose it's possible that 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 guy Thorpe was has been was in on it the whole time, mm-hmm. and is somehow able to, since he's so high in the organization, downplay it or scuttle the whole thing. So maybe they do spend some time trying to figure out what happened to number six Peter Smith, mm-hmm. uh, and. Thorpe manages to squash that from the inside, but who knows? Also, Peter Smith, I in my head canon related to John Smith. He's a cousin of the Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> Smith is a much more common name in the UK fifty years ago, of course. So it was sort of like the John Doe, yeah. um, or perhaps following along your line of like, oh, obviously MI six will be like looking into this matter and they'll mm-hmm. find the village somehow. Perhaps um, Thorpe actually did find it and then he too was jettisoned into the village Mm -hmm. and became number two because of that Mm -hmm. Ooh, so many so many headcanon possibilities but i i would i want to agree that i I love this episode i think this is one of my favorites as well i remembered the title and i was like oh yeah next time we watch many happy returns i remember that i really liked that one but i didn't remember why i didn't remember which episode it was because many happy returns didn't mean anything because i had forgotten number 2 delivering the birthday cake at the end mm-hmm. and and giving us the title significance there yep mm-hmm. the last line of the episode of which there are not many during the first half of the episode mm-hmm. no apart from the uh the uh, the romanies and the the two gun runners from a foreign country i don't know if they were polish or something like that there is no English dialogue until I think twenty two forty ish in when number six is where is this? And then after that, it's like a full ten minutes or so before we get any more dialogue. Le- uh, mo- less a little bit that. less. Like I say, because once he starts asking the, uh, the the people the questions and stuff, it's about a minute, two minutes after that. No, but I mean, uh, but yeah, but then after he asks the, them, "Where's the road?" Right. and she points him off, then we get another. Um, I guess it's not quite 10 minutes. It's more like five minutes. I, I, I timed it out, but I forget. Yeah, I think the, it was five. The first proper dialogue happens when he's in their office and they're talking about the village and all that. Really. The first actual conversation. The first mm-hmm. English conversation happened. No? No, it's with number two because when he comes to her house, they <gasps> Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. I'm yep. sorry. Or Mrs. Butterworth. Yes. Did, did the Did the pancake syrup exist when this was made? When did Mrs. Butterworth start? as a uh, as a brand i mean it, it's a united states thing so it may not have even been mm-hmm. in the uk at the time i just thought that was funny yeah i always assume mrs butterworth because of this whereas you think pancakes mm-hmm. well yeah because mrs butterworth it's thick and rich and buttery see i don't know what that is oh. that's a jingle is it uh yeah well sort of the the tagline yeah mrs butterworth uh used to come in jars that look like um sort of a a plump black woman mm-hmm. and the jar Racist. yeah and the jar would be animated on the commercials and right. she would you know gesture to her pancakes and she had this nice sweet motherly voice right. would tell you to you know eat your pancakes and it is a very buttery syrup i don't know if it's even still made but i remember i, I always used to want to get it when i was a kid because i liked the commercials ready for some head cannon sure go for it so well, i can't what episode was it now where um is it a rival or no, it's the schizoid man where he has flapjacks, <laughs> aka pancakes. Mrs. Butterworth. Obviously, he trusts Mrs. Buttersworth because he adores pancakes and will do anything for them. Uh, the pancake, the flapjack agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Teehee. Did it. Did you recognize number two, by the way, Mrs. Butterworth? Oh, is um yes and no? Tell me where I know her from. She was the woman in A, B, and C who had the earring ah, yeah. and said place that on black or six or whatever it is mm-hmm. is my lucky number. She comes back as number two here. The, mm-hmm. See, this is why I'm never sure if anything is by coincidence or accident in this show when it comes to casting. And that didn't happen in real in reality anyway. That happened in a vision in his head that was populated with a tape that they made. So has she been in the organization this whole time and she was one of the people that was, you know, used in film to create this backdrop? Or um is it just recycling an actor? It's just so it it's all head games, all of it, every little bit. It plays with you. Plays with your mind, this series, it does. Mm-hmm. And oh. number sixes. Yeah, this was... I love the the whole first 20-some minutes with no dialogue. I mean, this time I was paying attention and I was kind of watching the clock because you had mentioned it before. But the first time we watched this episode, after he says like a, the first line, you kind of turned to me and said, that's the first dialogue in the whole episode. And I was like, holy cats, it really was. Yeah, I, hadn't I remember even, that, yeah. I hadn't even noticed. I was just so intent on what was going on. And I mean, we've talked before on this podcast about how this is a show that is very comfortable with, um, I don't want to say silence because it's not silent, but just, you know, ambient sound and lack of dialogue. And I think this is the most effective and spotlighted uh instance of that because wow they really put it to good use you just get a lot of empty wind sighing mm-hmm. through the village and on on his little raft and stuff and yeah it's cool a lesser series would have had patrick magoon record a voiceover that they would treat with reverb because he's thinking it mm-hmm. and narrating basically everything that's going along as he's exploring the abandoned village and an even lesser series would have had him talking to himself the whole time uh-huh. which is one of my pet peeves in tv shows uh so yeah this is a very self-assured series and a very self-assured actor because he conveys everything that you need to know just by what he's doing and yeah and the camera angles and stuff are 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 great too like you get that sequence when you know there's point of view shots sort of like from the cat watching him Mm -hmm. and him you know looking pov shots from his vantage point looking over the village as he's trying to figure out what's where everybody went and what's going on and then even when he gets back to london you get the great shot of him in his house the same set that we're used to seeing him in all the time way to save money and reuse the set Um, but it's a shot from way up high above him and it's almost i don't know if it's a fish fish eye lens or what but like it seems like there's a tiny bit of that and maybe that's just because it's a circular room Mm -hmm. a circular set but it's very disconcerting to see him from an angle that you don't usually see him from and he looks so disconcerted and it's just it's it's the the production and the story and the acting all working hand in hand in hand yeah it's it's meant to show that he's in a familiar room but we're seeing it from an unfamiliar angle so it's it's home but it's not it's sort of that that that's the theme that sort of carries on until he finally gets even even when he gets to talk to his old cronies he still doesn't trust everyone he's got this sort of like you know he at any moment when he's sort of in the abandoned village, like when he hears the cat break mm-hmm. that cup, he thinks that, oh, this is it. Finally, I've been, you know, he just he's just expecting to be caught this whole time. Yeah. And even when he sees the Bobby when he's in London, he still thinks, oh, no, this is still, there's still something. Like he's still suspicious of everything. Mm-hmm. Even like when he's uh, Mrs. Butterworth too, when he's sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. 
uh, when he when he first encounters her. Yeah, I uh, my one big problem with this is the cat and the broken dish. I I have no problem with that sound right. and having the cat have, have you know the cat broke a dish. I have seen cats break dishes. It's a thing that happens, mm-hmm. but. The way that that dish was broken on the top of the plinth that the cat is like sitting on, there's no way that that cat could have broken that dish in that way. Like that was just clearly somebody breaking yeah. a dish on set and setting it down. I just and it sticks out like a sore thumb so much because everything else in the episode is so well thought out and just kind of perfect. So, you know, if they would have had a broken cup and saucer at the bottom of the pillar yeah. that the cat had sort of knocked down would have made perfect sense. So like, so then there's a part of me that's like, oh, maybe there was somebody there the whole time and it wasn't just the cat that broke that dish because we heard that sound mm-hmm. when it wasn't on camera. So maybe it was a person who's been keeping tabs on number six here in the village and just hiding who came up and went smash with the, uh, with the dish but put the cat there to make it look like it was the cat. And so that's my headcanon just to make that one awful moment uh, less awful. I think it's more of an effective image, though, Mm -hmm. because it's used quickly to see the cat and the broken dish next to each other. Yeah. You know. And and, uh, it's important because when he gets back, you get another close-up of the cat and the broken dish to show that nothing has changed in the village in the entire time that Mm -hmm. he's gone. Because if people had come back, they would have cleaned that up. So, so yes, it's an important image. I I just find it unrealistic in a way that, you know, the show is often unrealistic, but in a fun way, and that's just unrealistic in a like splinter in my mind sort of a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the, um, the the village doesn't become the village again until number six is in the village. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I love that scene. Like, not, he comes back. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there. It's still it's still empty. And then when he walks into his apartment, that's when you know he left the water on. So yep. here it comes, and the kettle st- starts boiling, and the lights on, and and yeah, and it's not until number two walks in with a cake, and then you hear the the sound from outside the um the orchestra or mm-hmm. the band tooting around yeah and you was it you who noticed this um it was you who noticed this mm-hmm. on the doorstep mm-hmm. a bottle of milk not only a bottle of milk but a bottle that's exactly the same same shape got the red label as the what was it pinty milk is pinta or pinta Pinta makes you strong or whatever yeah, it was. Pinta man is strong. <laughs> that's what it was. Pinta man Good is strong. Yeah. Oh, that's great. But yeah, it looked like it could have been one of those bottles. Uh, you don't see it say Pinta on the on the label because that would just be weird. Probably it says village milk and mm-hmm. it's on the other side. But it's the same sort of bottle, uh, which I did not notice the first time I saw this episode. So that was a nice little, very tiny thing. And I don't remember... I'd have to go back and look because I don't think it was there when he left. So that's the one thing that has changed between the beginning of the episode and when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Once again, we have to watch this episode again because, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I said, I've watched it a few times, and only now that I noticed the blatant hint that uh, mm-hmm. the it was the milkman who um, mm-hmm. dropped number six back up in the uh, in the village. Um, one thing I immediately rewinded to you mm-hmm. uh, and showed you is the, you know, when he looks out the window and there's like all the village revelry as per normal is happening outside his window again. And in the foreground, buried in shadow, mm-hmm. is the butler holding the black and white umbrella mm-hmm. over it, increasing the metaphor that this is the prison and you are under it. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even see him. I was so focused on all the colors and the revelry going on down there that I missed it. And it took me a second, even on the second time that we watched that that scene to see him oh yeah sure enough he's just he's right there outside the window holding the umbrella up that was that was nice it was a good finish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That happens all throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Him holding that umbrella up as the metaphor for the prison itself, mm-hmm. knowing that it's always there. Mm-hmm. Even when you think you're out, you're not. And that's it. I find there's a very risky um, strategy by number two. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not too sure what it was conveyed. I mean, sometimes it's like to break number six for information you know, but why did he resign? But I think as increasingly as the series goes along, it's it's becoming more you're a prisoner here and you can't escape. Mm-hmm. It's sort of breaking him down that way, perhaps, and less mm-hmm. so the, the discovery of answers. Yeah, I mean, probably because they keep trying these weird psychedelic things on him and they keep not working, mm-hmm. they recognize that the quick way just isn't going to work. None of these, you know, you can't use force. You're going to have to slowly slowly break him down and this is just one more one more way to do that but totally risky i agree like things could have definitely not gone that way he you know and the fact that he went to his house first instead of going to see those people mm-hmm. you know his his bosses it's uh it's interesting but i did the first time i watched it, i really liked that sequence because i didn't know and i felt like him like is, is she in on it is she not mm-hmm. But everything she did and said could have very well been like, you know, an eccentric rich lady who is interested in this, you know, good looking fellow yeah. who just shows up on her doorstep and seems to know everything about her house. And but by the end, she's a little too friendly and a little too helpful. So, I mean, it's still still she could have been she could have been fine, but mm-hmm. but she wasn't. And watching it a second time, it's like, yep, everything she does is just a little a little over the top, a little too much. But the first time, you don't know that. No, and and she, but she almost lets her guard down when number six decides, okay, mm-hmm. I better go and do this thing. You've been very helpful, but I have to go to do the things. And no, we can't leave like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yeah, that's the one moment where like the facade sort of sort of cracks. But at the same time, it still could have been just a lonely old woman who was like, no, please don't leave me. I want to mm-hmm. do more for you. And by giving him the car, she, you know. In, in theory, ensures that he will come back. Yeah. So that totally fits in with a lonely, lonely woman view. Too. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of uh, number two in those early sequences, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the cosplay. Let's do my cosplay. I was wondering about this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it, my heart was my heart was was won immediately the first time I saw her getting out of that car, in that outfit with that hat. Yep. <laughs> Stephen just made a hat gesture. Mm-hmm. Yep, I love that kind of hat. That is my favorite kind of hat. So she, uh, plus the outfit too is cool. The the jacket with the, the leather patches over the sleeves yeah. and the sort of high-waisted trousers with a big belt and snazzy boots. I, yeah, I would love that outfit. Like I would love to just have that outfit. Mm-hmm. I mean, her dress at the end later on is, is nice too with the blue and white diamonds. Mm-hmm. Very nice and simple. I would love that as well. But this uh, the thing with a hat, yeah. I'm sold. Which she uh, continues to wear when she brings a birthday cake to number six. Um, the dress, not the hat. The dress, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. To uh, to um, perhaps hammer home the illusion that, yes, this is the same person and this mm-hmm. is the... Oddly enough, I don't think I noticed that she was wearing a number two mm-hmm. until this time around, too. Maybe it's a Blu-ray. Maybe the Blu-ray the, uh, <laughs> that we're watching, the HD, is, is making things a little more... Um, mm-hmm noticeable because boy howdy it does it does work well uh and i'm really sorry for all those people who aren't able to watch this on a blu-ray because the blu-rays know how to print because the pictures on it are glorious if you're in the uk i think network dvd just put out a new version of it or will be putting out a new version of it but those of us in north america well Mm -hmm. kind of out of luck 
Yeah, I know a lot of people who are watching on, on iTunes, which is the SD version, which I'm told actually still looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for those people to someday get to watch the Blu-ray version, which is even better. Most of the number twos, their their badge is white, correct? Hers is black with a white black. number. Yeah. That's, that is different, correct? It is different. Mm-hmm. I wonder why, perhaps because it would stand out more on the white and blue dress, perhaps. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it may just be a fashion thing. I was just curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you about Thorpe. Is Do I know him from anything else, or am I just remembering him from this? Because he seemed really familiar. Patrick Cargill is his name. Um, and he, on the Blu-ray menu, he's there on Hammer into Anvil, as I point so maybe he's just been staring you in the face for the past two <laughs> episodes that we've recorded now because the menu's playing out in front of us. So maybe that I don't. I don't think he's been in Doctor Who uh, at some point. He's also one of those British actors that looks like just one of your standard government civil servants that appear in all sorts of things. So maybe that's it. Okay, maybe I I will look him up on uh, IMDb or Wikipedia after this. So don't at me. Like, I'll find out. Yeah, who is his boss? I can't remember his name, mm. but he looks familiar to me as well. Mm. Not as much to me. Yeah, probably for <laughs> similar reasons. I did recognize one of the two gun ru- Actually, both gun runners. Um, I think the first one is Dennis Chinnery, I think is his name. I just remembered this now. I remember I remember he was someone. He was um, uh, Garmin in um, Genesis of the Daleks and also was in the twin dilemma in Doctor Who and the other guy I can't remember his name but he played um, the Duke in The Mask of Mandragora which coincidentally was shot in the same place that the prisoner was shot in Wales that's right Mm. even though he never obviously appeared in those scenes because he was on a boat yep on a boat Mm -hmm. yeah it, it was it was interesting I liked that sequence also still in the no dialogue part because number six was passed out and you know a boat comes up and at first you're like yay he's he's gonna you know they're he's gonna be saved and then they start loading things off of his boat and i'm mm-hmm. like well shouldn't they take him first and then at the end they start to pick him up and i'm like okay well at least they're taking him now and then they just dump him in the water <laughs> like no so sad it yeah. was a it was an emotional roller coaster for those few moments mm-hmm. and then they immediately eat the beans that he has like that <laughs> like that's that's their lunch like did they have no food up until this point or they just said hey cool free bounty let's Let's tuck in and stuff. I like the fact that uh, when he's going, I mean, you know, another part around the boat when it's all silent and stuff. And then when he's like pouring oil Mm -hmm. on, which I think it might be cooking oil or Mm -hmm. you thought maybe kerosene. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he douses, number six douses some rags and puts it in there and then like lights a match. It actually lights Mm -hmm. up super quick right in front of Patrick McGoo. And I'm thinking that's 1967 television. No safety checks here. That is, (laughs) that is actual oil on actual rags. And he's starting an actual fire Mm -hmm. realism. Maybe it was supposed to be just some like really high alcohol content, like rot gut alcohol. Rot gut. What is rot gut? What is that? Oh, that's just a, that's a slang term for any kind of like hooch or or alcohol or moonshine that just has super, super high alcohol content because it will rot your gut. Uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that seems like the kind of thing that these sailor, these sailors would have on hand. I mean, they're drinking some other booze in Mm -hmm. the, what do you, the bridge, the cockpit, the, the bridge, wouldn't it? I guess. I don't know. Anyway. The command deck of the... It's called the... 
What would it be called? What in a little boat like that? What would you call it? Is it the bridge? Because it just feels like mm-hmm. it's not big enough to be called a bridge, you know? Yeah, that's one I don't know. Go ahead and tell us on Twitter, because yeah, that, <laughs> that would legit add us to that. I don't know what it would be called. It's got to be the bridge, because it's a galley. Mm-hmm. They was in the galley in the mm-hmm. kitchen. Cockpit? Not really. That sounds airplane. Yeah. That doesn't. You don't mm-hmm. pilot. Anyway. So, but yeah, so they're drinking, they're drinking booze because like cooking oil wouldn't light on fire that, that quickly. So, I mean, it could have just been Polish cooking oil, perhaps, mm-hmm. or, or German. Maybe they were German. I don't know. They did say Schnell. It might've been German, but. And Gunter was the name of one of the guys. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Cause he was calling behind him when he went to check on the, oh, you know, one yeah. of the guys went to check on it and he's gone for a long time and he yells back at him and says, Gunter. Mm-hmm. Germans. East Germans, probably. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did like the bit where they managed to, you know, even the bad guys are resourceful because they managed to get themselves untied and they can't get out the door. <clears throat> so they take everything out of the closet, which is just a wood back into mm-hmm. the, the closet of the next room and, you know, come out the wardrobe on that side and manage to, you know, they try to try to attack him from either side and you get a nice Patrick McGowan super spy fight mm-hmm. on a boat. Yep. Yeah. That was a cool bit there. Yeah. Like this episode a lot. Mm-hmm. Great deal of fun, and you think he's going to get out, and he actually isn't, and he's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? I'm I'm still wondering what was the point. <laughs> like, is it just to break down his mind? I guess. I guess that's a good enough point at at, at this stage in in the game. Um, and then I I agree. I'm still thinking that this is it was such a risky thing to do, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I just I have to kind of wonder at the state of England's intel community that they don't find him and get him out um, like in, you know, the next couple of episodes. We know we've got a few more episodes. Well, uh, I think that perhaps the pilot actually flies him to a completely different part of the world where the village actually is Mm. and drops him off there. So like everyone's sort of led to believe um, that it's you know, south tip of Morocco mm-hmm. in northern tip of, you know, south tip of Spain, northern tip of Morocco. Um, and I think that he flies around, make, gets number six to think that uh, they're actually sort of covering there, but he's flying his own direction and dropping him off in the actual village. So the actual location is still a mystery. I suppose that could be it, but you do see number six with like his little booklet and chart and rulers and stuff Mm -hmm. so i would have assumed he was better at navigating to know where he was going than to be fooled like that but maybe not you know maybe flying in a jet is different from what he's used to traveling it could be it Mm -hmm. and perhaps he's under the influence of something it is the village after all and it gets it gets kind of wacky and crazy anything's possible in the prisoner Mm -hmm. yep All right, then. Well, uh, the next episode we'll be talking about in the run of the original Mm -hmm. UK broadcast order, a very controversial placement, uh, episode eight, Dance of the Dead, something which a lot of people play second or third. But having watched this episode, um, I'm inclined to leave this one in episode eight. Mm. I'll explain that when we talk about it next on In the Village. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.